on today's episode of the Roadhouse Podcast, Winnie D's is back. Roadhouse and Winnie D's talk about the Montauk Project, the Philadelphia Experiment. What else? What else? What else? Let's get this show on the road. We can't wait to tell you what we've been up to. We can't wait to show you what we've been doing. A little bit of history, talking some movies. What's new? What's hot? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. We don't just talk talk. We talk talk. Let's get this show on the road. Enjoy the show. What's up, Roadhouse Mafia? What is up? Welcome to the Roadhouse Podcast, the most natural and unapologetic podcast in the world. The boys are back in town. Reunited. Roadhouse, I'm your host. Join with me, my co-host, Winnie D's. Good to be back. In the flesh. Harder than ever. <laughs> still white. Still white. It's still, still white as balls. No coronavirus. No Corona. I'm working on that Modelo virus right now. If I had a Modelo. <laughs> Coors Light like, virus. It's like, it's the Coors virus. Yeah. What do you think about that? Free marketing for Corona. Oh, dude. Who who came <laughs> up with that name? Like, how does that not that? Why is it not the Saki virus? Or is Saki's Japanese? Oh, it's, oh, yeah, Saki. Yeah. Ooh, you read a sushi. You put the shot glass with the well, Saki. It's it's a Chinese virus. I thought. Oh, you don't like fish. I don't like fish. Well, you know, I'm I'm working up to it. Yeah. You know, you missed out on those halibut burgers. I got. I think I got one patty left. Delicious. I'll eat whatever you give me. So yeah, dude, I got these these Zen pouches. Yeah. I haven't had the manly tobacco in like over a month. <laughs> That's good, man. Once you become married, you kind of give away kind of a part of your manliness. Dude, I hate to tell the store over here. I was like, hey, don't sell it to me <laughs> if I go in. <laughs> so I've been getting these they have Zins. Your picture up there. Yeah. Right by like the shoplifters. Holy shit. Speaking of shoplifters. Today, I went to Plaid Pantry in Portland. Mm-hmm. I was getting a couple Gatorades. That's the Wild West Plaid Pantry, man. Dude, Plaid. <laughs> Plaid is Red Dead Redemption. If you guys don't know Plaid, <laughs> if you guys aren't from Oregon or Washington, it is, it is like apocalyptic convenience store. It's like 7-Eleven took a shit. They're deli shit. Yeah, they got nothing. They have good beer prices, though. Well, not to this bum. (laughs) I would say it's definitely like (laughs) it is a it's bum central for sure. The sad state. This is by right by the water, right by the bridge. If I look where I'm working, the water right there, the Columbia or whatever, the Columbia access, the The, air flaw. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I could see Washington. I could probably swim there if I really wanted to from (laughs) where I am. And I walk in there today at lunch to get a couple Gatorades. I walked to the back, you know, this other, this dude walks in, you know, he had the, what is that? The fight brand tap out. (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. He was bringing it back. Apparently he had a tap out hat on. (laughs) He walks in and I see him grab two mics. Like in the corner of my eye, I'm not paying attention. I'm just getting some Gatorades and he's like, what's up, bro? And I just gave him the head nod. Like, I'm not going to speak. My (laughs) voice doesn't work. So I was like, yeah, head nod. What's up? And then I just went straight to the cashier. 
I'm buying my two Gatorades and that dude, I saw him holding two mics and then he like put it in the my peripheral. I saw him put on his like his hoodie or he put the cans like down the arm sleeves. Oh, smooth move. I was like, I don't know if he stole it. I wasn't really paying attention. I didn't really give a fuck. <laughs> so the cashier, I'm I'm keeping the cashier busy. Like I was an accomplice to this crime. This fool just walks <laughs> right out, just walked out of the front doors. The gas station attendant was walking inside. The guy who stole the two thirsty-five ounces, there, Mike's Heart Lemonade, slapped the gas attendant five, just like, "Hey, high five. And then he just walked out. And they get to the cashier. He's like, "Dude, that guy stole some Mike's Heart. <laughs> he stole some alcohol. He actually made ten cents off or twenty cents off the deal. He legit made twenty cents. And those thirsty-five, just make them twenty-five cents, dude. Twenty-five ounce can. Come on, you know those dude, Canadian bottle drop prices. You could turn in like a liquor bottle for like a dollar." Milk jugs. You still got to pay. You got to pay an extra dollar. I have no idea. I'm not Canadian. <laughs> we'll have a, uh, when Mo and Sava, dude, you're going to have, you are going to be, oh, fuck. you are going to be in the motherland's den. <laughs> you're <laughs> soon. We're going to have a camera set up. Winnie D is finally back in the house. In a new studio. In a makeshift studio. The next, next Wednesday when if he comes have, in. If you guys could see this, this is. It's pretty smart. It's gonna be revamped. We're gonna be working on this probably all day tomorrow. <laughs> so you, you bought a you bought a box of uh, soundproofing, right? Yeah, some soundproof. <laughs> and you thought it would go a long way. If you guys could see this, this is hilarious. I, th- <laughs> I thought they were a lot. It's bigger. only like ten percent of the room. <laughs> it is. It's it's literally one wall, but <laughs> the the panels are gonna go up about four feet. It's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be gorgeous, and we're gonna have camera. So guys, stay tuned. We're fucking ready. YouTube We're here for game. it. I can't wait, dude. I've been stressing. It's so much easier doing it with two people. When I was yeah. doing like the last three episodes solo, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, I've never spoke out loud to myself like that. That's so funny. Rarely at all. <laughs> Were you just like, what am I doing? For the most part, Were yeah. Were you laughing dude. at your own jokes? No, it's weird. <laughs> no, not funny. <laughs> yeah, in that time, so I haven't seen, we haven't, I haven't seen you, what, a month? It's been about a month, yeah. Dude. How were your holidays? Oh, yeah. So for you guys who don't know, I participate in a Russian Orthodox faith. faith. It's, a, it's, it's a very unique faith, I would say. Yeah, completely. All my family's from Russia. Once the communism began, the Russian Civil War started, all the communists started hunting down. The intellectuals? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the Trumpers in <laughs> Russia. <laughs> no, all the... All the people that were not a part of communism, so they had to... Weren't down with the sickness, so to speak. They were escaping religious persecution. They ran over to China, and then Russia was like, finally gave China an ultimatum. Like, you better give all our citizens back. And then from China, they hopped on. I have a very interesting, like, story. My great-grandpa was CIA. (laughs) Just read all that. I'm trying to get more knowledge on it. There's a book. We can go check it out. Yeah, so we celebrate Christmas on January 7th. We fall in older religious like calendar. Like calendar, yeah. Yeah. I come, my mom's side of the family is really huge. A lot of aunts and uncles. Really overweight is yeah. what you're saying, yeah. 600 pounds, everybody. <laughs> Big. <laughs> Masks passing. There's a bunch of grandkids, too. A lot of drinking, white elephant. White elephant, nice. Yeah, it was wild. That, that is was, that a Russian tradition? White the, elephant? Yeah, is, is that where we get it from? No, it's just we used to was we have such a big family. We still always like draw out of a bucket, okay. like you, which cousin we're gonna get a gift. Presents for everybody. Yeah, now everyone's older, so yeah, white elephants more appropriate. Gotcha. And we had to do like 
there was like three years in a row where there were so many liquor bottles going around in the white elephant because <laughs> <laughs> we split up the guys and the girls. Now it's some uncles are well off. So it's like, let's get one of the, you want to look for, we look for specific uncles. You want gifts, the sugar like, uncles. Yeah, yeah, I think that's his gift right there. <laughs> it's intense. Like, what did I get this year? This year I got a pretty badass Kershaw knife. Yeah, yeah. You know, little hillbilly Woof. Kershaw. <laughs> Any of you motherfuckers want to get slashed and dashed, <laughs> meet me outside. You Gervais. Know? Gervais. <laughs> Bro. Did I just dox you? <laughs> no one knows who where Ricky Gervais is. Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Speaking city. of Ricky Gervais, what'd you think? Did you see that the was Golden great. Groves? I like that a I, lot. The fucking balls on that man. Yeah. He they need to make a Golden Globe in formation of Ricky Gervais's balls. <laughs> Moles, pubes. I want it all. I want the shaft. Get your award. Thank your God. <laughs> thank your agents and fuck off. <laughs> Dude, it was <laughs> That was beautiful. Like, I I usually watch the Golden Globes because like I'm a huge cinema fan mm-hmm. and I want to know who won the act, best actor and all that. But isn't the Oscars bigger than Oscars the Oscars are Globes? coming up? Yeah, I would say the Oscars are the bigger one. And they're doing no host. Is that is Fucking that what the pussies do? They're such pussies. Is it is it, is it in response to Gervais sort of? I think antics? so because wasn't um, Kevin Hart supposed to host the Oscars and then that whole maybe his whole joke about that sounds right. And then I don't know who the host was that took his spot, but yeah, I think this year they're going with no host. And I'm like, it'll be interesting. I mean, it won't be interesting. I, I mean, do you ever watch one of those to fruition? Like, do you actually watch the entire? Like, do you have like an Oscar I party? Did. We were watching football, so we just just switched got it over. grandfathered in yeah. to the Golden <laughs> Globes. But I think I would have watched it anyways because I wanted to see how the Joker did. How yeah, what was that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, Is, wait, that was up for this year. Brad Pitt got. Best Supporting Actor for his role in uh, Once Upon a Time That was a great, yeah, that was a great film. Dude, okay, I just watched Star Wars. What'd you think? I watched it too. The the newest one? Yeah. It was, I was hating on it without even seeing it, and... Yeah, me too. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I actually, I hated the last one. Me too. What, what was, it was the last so one? The cheesy. Last Hope the, or something? Uh, the Last, the last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, dude, fuck off. Miss me with that one, cuz you missed me with that, that one. That one was bullshit. That one was way too Disney, I think. Every, like It was so childish. It doesn't make any sense. Then you He's have subordinate, like... Childish. <laughs> you also have like a bunch of like these like... It's almost like they're like putting their writing stuff to get like people of color and like different ethnicities and like women and, and, and you know, oh, that, yeah, that's interesting. It was, it was way too forceful. It felt like, yeah. Talent prevails guys. <laughs> Dude, all this diversity is great. And then, Oh, and then Leia, remember when Leia gets sucked out to space Ooh. and then she's like, Ooh, and then she gets, okay. Spoilers. Dude, yeah. Guys. <laughs> yes. There's going to be spoilers. If you guys want to skip ahead for a little bit, but most but, of you guys have probably I, I seen Star Wars by now. It, yeah. I was very late to the party. So cheesy. Hey, though. how about I thought that Ray was going to be just sucking off Poe all fucking movie. It seems like and, it. And right? uh, John Boyega, what was his character's name? The which one's John John Boyega? The black dude. Oh, um, he's like the he's a uh, what's that Asian girl's Flynn. name? That's his name. Yeah, Flynn. Flynn. But Flynn likes Ray. The Asian girl Rose likes Flynn, but Flynn friend zoned her, and Ray friend zoned Flynn. And Poe is just trying to get his dick wet. And then here comes uh, 
It's all going to be friend zone. It's 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 undisney of them to to go ahead and oh, get like Sexil, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to keep it PG. They're not going to get it, they're not going to just go, go R, dude. <laughs> you know, just get, like, X, get some penetration What's in there? the bad guy's name? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. See, it never fails. The bad guy prevails. The bad boys, girls want the bad boys. Look, Poe, or his name is Poe, right? The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Good dude, badass. The guy that you would think that Ray's would go for. Flynn, for friend zoned, which, I mean, <laughs> Ray, you don't want a piece of that? <laughs> you don't want She's way piece. too focused on her I think art. he's just way too big for her. <laughs> See, or, and then Kylo Ren comes in. Oh, I'm not bad anymore. And fucking Palpatine. Well, they're like cousins, aren't they? Ray and and Kylo. I think they're like cousins. They're like weird. They made out, like didn't they? Did, wait, did they? Pretty sure they made out. But that's all over Brazzers. I think that they're just paying homage to Porno. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all I that th- was. I thought they were like, okay, they did make out right at the end of the movie. I'm pretty sure, yeah. He went all good guy on her. He's playing good cop. Maybe it was just like a kissing cousin kind of thing. Kissing cousin, yeah. You know, this is all right with that. Tatooine, that's what they do over there on that planet. <laughs> Dude. Nebula, isn't that a planet? Okay, so that that that's the Star Wars. It was good. I appreciate it. What movie I'm really excited to see is uh, 1917. 1917. Ooh, I want to see it so bad. Dude, me and Baby Scroll went to the movies. She said it was her turn to pick out what we're watching. Mm-hmm. Watch Jumanji 2. Total flop. Like Jumanji <laughs> one was Jumanji one was good. Jumanji two they had uh, it's the Rock. Who's the, the short dude? Kevin Hart, Danny DeVito. Oh, Danny's in it. Danny DeVito's in it, and old ass fuck Donald Glover. <laughs> like holy, and they shit. were in like the I'm whole first half shit. of the movie. Have you seen the first Jumanji? The the new the, the new, of the new no. one. Okay, yeah, you can see that one. I'm Jumanji all about the Robin two. Williams. Yeah, one. probably won't see it. Yeah, that that's the original. That's the only that's way the that you OG. want to keep it. Yeah, another movie really good that I saw. Knives Out. Knives, I did see Knives oh, Out. Oh, dude, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, is that is that a roadie Oscar pick? Oh, no, Roadhouse. It, it's no, not, it's not good. No, like I really, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. It took me a while to get used to uh, Daniel Craig's Southern, Southern draw, Kentucky draw accent, yeah. straight out of KFC. I thought he did a decent job with it. Just from seeing him and James Bond too much, I'm like, "What's this yeah. hillbilly fuck right here, dude?" I liked it though, man. I'm really, I felt like it was just Clue, like the board game. That's yeah, definitely what I was getting. And Chris Evans, I think Chris Evans played a phenomenal role. Yeah, yep. that's. I mean, I only know him from Captain America. <laughs> I don't really know what else he's been in. Skinny ass Chris. Yeah, Knives Out was great. I like Knives Out. This is probably like the most movies I've seen in a six month period in this my like life. The least amount of movies I've seen, I feel like. Really? Yeah. Have you seen uh, The Irishman? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of that? Um, I thought it was really good. I'm, I'm a huge fan of those movies. Martin Scorsese. I'll always watch a Martin Scorsese yeah. film. It's kind of his magnum opus, this one. Not a fan of the CGI. Uh, you can miss me with that one. Yeah. Everyone's sort of been hit or miss with that one. Dude, the scene of him beating up the store clerk. And mm-hmm. he's like stomping him outside. He looks like a 80 year old man. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> walks around. Fight. He's got that like I'll slap you silly <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Dude, you, if you come in my store with that energy and you attack me, <laughs> I'm sp- dropping your 80 man to be ass. 40. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah that, the movements. Why not just get someone to act as a younger That's a good point. I don't know how the technology works, but 
overall, I think I thought it was a great a great movie, yeah, especially for too. Netflix. Usually, when you see like one of the Netflix movies that they actually directed and mm -hmm. produced, you're like, because mm, some of them have kind of lower budgets. But when you see like these better actors, like the what's the Six Underground with Ryan Ryan Reynolds. I've heard I've heard stuff about that too. I haven't seen that one. That one's pretty good. I yeah. didn't really expect much from that one, but that one turned out I I enjoyed it. Back to Ricky Gervais, dude. That, that opening monologue. Mm -hmm. Did you see like Tom Hanks' face? The video. Tom Hanks was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he was playing real life Forrest Gump right there. <laughs> he was looking at him in disbelief. Yeah. Well, that's why it's such a great speech by Ricky. I think. And then he had the Epstein reference, and I was like, <laughs> oh, dude, because the news flow, and dude, let me tell you, I am, I'm going to write a blog here of just about my whole thoughts on uh, <laughs> this whole impeachment. And okay. Have you been following it closely? Yeah, dude, I actually, I watched the first day, and then I watched today, today, like half of it. Not watched it, but I was listening to it while I was working. Yeah. I am, I'm off. I'm off fucking politics, dude. I I've never cared about politics at all, but I've always like, I've known kind of what was going on mm -hmm. like these last three years after just seeing all this, it's, it's so immature. Like people, people are not having like yeah. their self. They're not thinking for their self. I feel like in the, just whatever news station, this is for both sides. I don't give, I don't care what side you're on. You, you watch both sides. Everyone just panders or, hits their focus points, their talking points, yeah. hits them hard. And I could see like a lot of people drinking Kool-Aid from both sides and uh, Joe Rogan. I just saw like Joe Rogan was trending uh, today mm -hmm. on Twitter. Yeah. He had some chick, her name was Barry Weiss on, on his podcast. And they were, she asked him in the podcast who he's going to endorse for the democratic primary. Mm -hmm. And he was like probably uh, Bernie Sanders for the democratic primary. All of her Twitter was like Joe Rogan announces endorsement for Bernie Sanders as presidential candidate. I'm like, well, one, that like, if, if you listen to it, but then you see like Bernie Sanders supporters, like, oh, Joe Rogan's a bigot. Joe Rogan's like, he's not for the cause. Like, dude, how do you expect, how do you expect to get voters to come? How do you expect people who don't vote to come to your side? If that's your candidate, you should be welcoming. You should be welcoming voters. Like, like I said, whoever your candidate is, yeah. if you're going to act like vicious to Differing opinions. Totally. How the fuck are you ever going to get one of your candidates to get pushed through? It's, yeah. I mean, it's the populace. I think the, if we're trying to, you know, if the goal is to get a new president in the White House, I think we need to choose a populace candidate. Somebody who's going to be able to get all those voters together, as opposed to somebody as Bernie Sanders, right? You're talking about basically just like people who are, way too down to burn bernie sanders has been burn other people who yeah. are, are trying to to get yeah, on the yeah, bandwagon like if that's your guy <laughs> like, i don't give a fuck about bernie but if that's your guy you should want people like yeah. welcome them like come and here educate and, them and joe yeah. rogan endorses bernie sanders he's a bigot <laughs> like what are you yeah. guys whether you like joe rogan or not that's one of the big endorsements you can get he is one of the most um, open platform yeah, open for sure. platforms for anyone to come in and give their points, whether he agrees with them or disagrees with them. Yeah, you could put it to the likes of like Oprah, Ellen, maybe bigger. He is the biggest podcaster. I would tell you that podcasting is the most natural form to get your point across. You're going to get, 
I don't know. Like he's had a couple politicians on and yeah. they always seem to always have like a specific time limit. And then they get, get out of there. Like most Joe Rogan podcasts are like three hours long two, yeah. three hours. And it feels like every time he has like Bernie was on for like maybe like hour, 15 minutes. Seems like a good conversation. I wonder what would happen if he got Trump on. That would be really interesting. Uh, dude, he, he <laughs> has to one of these days. I don't think it'll ever be within. Cause he's going to get, he's going to get reelected. <sighs> If you like this, what, guys, yeah, just, you're doing I, it to yourselves, man. I miss, I miss when politics was a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe I'm sounding like a grand, like a grandpa here, but like when politics was a, a little bit more respectable. Regal, yeah, or like a, a an office uh, such as the presidency was taken with a little bit more class. Yeah. Uh, this is just like a, it's a circus every day. We open the fucking doors. <laughs> Like I said, I was, I'm so off on this impeachment. Like I've always had this thought process after watching like House of Cards. I was like, that that's real. That's how it goes. And <laughs> I went balls deep. All this Kevin Spacey shit that was coming out. Remember before Christmas, he had that kill him with kindness. He, I think that Kevin Spacey permanently is stuck in Frank Underwood, and Frank Underwood <laughs> is Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's a hot, Maybe. hot take. I always, yeah. So after the allegations came out, I always thought, you remember Horrible Bosses? Yeah. That movie? Yeah. I just feel one like or that's two. One. One. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe because he was in, he was in two, too. Spacey? Yeah. He was uh, in two. Was he in two? I think he was. They had to like ask him how to do the crime. I'm only going to play as Frank Underwood. <laughs> I can't even do but his voice. That character that he played, I would say, that seems like the. He's a hell of an actor. Kevin it seems Spacey, like the real guy, though. Dude, Kevin Spacey, a hell of an actor, hell of a murderer. Let's hope he's acting. <laughs> dude. Epstein, we haven't got to talk about Epstein. Epstein's just been flying <laughs> solo. The tape got destroyed from his first suicide attempt. When he died, the tape got lost somehow. The guards fell asleep. There's no, like, there's no, how, how, in a world of security, in the world that, the NSA all has all of our shit on law. How does it happen? How does this happen? Like that's too coincidental. Fuck dude, Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot. Missing four and one. <laughs> they have the tapes. They dude. have the tape. Bigfoot's got the tapes. Yeah, but man, what's been up with you in the last month? Anything new? Uh yeah. Lots of stuff. Let's see. Where do I start? Went to the coast. Do some gambling? No. We we went to like a little small town called um knee tarts how do you feel about going to vegas a little off note in like april april for the nfl draft i wanted to try to i could swing that talk to some players yeah get make some content <laughs> that would be amazing another guy would be going with this for sure flights are cheap i think right uh always cheap They're like we're just trying bucks. to find hotels right now yeah hotel is going to be like nfl draft you know it's going to be swamped over there with Definitely. a bunch of gulags <laughs> i don't even know what that word is but gulags. Okay, we're back. sorry to interrupt you <laughs> back to what you were saying what was it talking about nsa bigfoot eating the what you're uh, doing you went to the coast yeah coast with crabbing for the first time yeah dude how was that crab that was really good crab dungeness and uh rock crab what were you guys using for bait I think it's like, was it monkfish or maybe cod? I think it's cod. Dude, yeah. I haven't been crabbing in so long. I, I actually just I, use raw I chicken frozen crab. I have frozen crab for you, but then you I, ate it. No, I was thinking about driving it here for f like 40 Winfield minutes. Winfield Jackson the second ate it. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I have a kid now. Uh, no, just the idea of driving with a crab for 40 minutes didn't sound that appealing. And I don't know what you would think because you're a connoisseur of crabs. You are. You're a crab master. You know, I haven't really had a problem with crabs ever since I got this new trimmer. <laughs> so, like, it became a problem. I had to get this new trimmers because most men don't like to admit I was using my ball trimmer on my face. Oh, once upon a time, sponsorship deal right here. (laughs) No, no, we're working on it. (laughs) Yeah, so we're all beardly men, and then once I saw these little crabs crawling around my beard, I was like, "Ooh, time to wait." Okay, you're fucking, you're fucking with me. (laughs) Yeah, imagine (laughs) you got some larvas and some little crab eggs in your beard. That's is that dandruff? No, bitch, it's lice. (laughs) It's moving. (laughs) It's it's moving. (laughs) You have a centipede like crawling in. Oh my (laughs) gosh, are centipedes the creepiest? bug out there what is the creepiest bug good question it depends i think it's every like every person has their own creepy i'm not really turned off by bugs are you are you, are you afraid? Uh, no bugs i don't really give shit i don't like spiders i'll i'll smash a spider every time i see one really yeah you can call PETA. you can call your dad you can tell my mom i don't i don't care spiders don't get no life from me spiders okay spiders are yours i don't really have one i would say that just like Maybe like a black widow. I've seen a black widow a couple of times and I was like, Dude, in Arizona, I saw a black widow and a scorpion in the same night. I'm like, what is this, Australia? <laughs> get, me, get me out of here. My thing is snakes, dude. Snakes, that'll elicit like a, a fight, fight or flight for me. There's some ponds over here called the St. Louis Ponds. Uh-huh. And they'll, they'll stock with fish every now and then. I don't really like going fishing there because the water's so dirty. There's so much shit in the water as in like, out, like not algae, but like weeds and stuff. So after every cast, you're pulling out like yeah. your bait's gone and you have a pound or three pounds just, of freaking grass on. Yeah. And this place is a, like a gardener snake haven, dude. You're just Ooh. walking through this tall grass and they just popping up out of Fuck nowhere. That. Dude, one day, this was like two summers ago. We were there for two hours, saw like 20 snakes. And I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I had a fishing pole in one hand, machete in the other. Machete. <laughs> machete. What's that fool's name? Uh, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. I haven't seen him in any movies lately. I think he's going to be in one coming up. I forget the name of it. He's he's still out there, dude. He's like, what is he? Like 70 now? Still dude, trying he's to old as Play fuck. the badass. And then, you know, in all the machete movies, he ha- always had a smoke show babe that he was make out with. Guy looked like he took the impact of a grenade straight to the face. He looked like he was in like a Humvee that went over a road mine. <laughs> and yeah. Survived. Survived. Dude. Walked away. Okay. So, you know how when we when uh, we took out Soleimani? Yeah. And then everyone was like, oh my God, World War Three. We're going to get times. drafted. How would you feel about getting drafted? Uh, let's see. Well, you don't have any choice. That's the yeah. whole thing about the draft. And they haven't done that since Vietnam. You know, fuck. Dude, That's scary. I don't think that we would have needed a draft. I think Texas, Texas or Texas, they're, that state alone yeah. could like take out the <laughs> Middle East. People be happy about it. Yeah. Too. Dude, like, yeah, they would love it. Did you see, okay, did you see in Virginia the, uh, they did like, uh, they're trying to, put out some new gun laws and they had like so many militias out in a protest for their second amendment. 
I'm like, Virginia's Virginia. ready to go, dude. <laughs> like the second Virginia. What was I gonna say about gun? Oh, um I'm all in. If if I get drafted, I'm all in. So do you know why they they actually did it? Like why they, they actually nuked or not nuked him, but uh took him out. Took him um so Soleimani was like their number one, right? He so he's like their he's like their lead of he's leader like their LeBron. Of, sure, we're the Warriors. He's like covert affairs. So what he was doing is he was actually inciting and supplying weapons and provisions to the protesters. Protesters yeah. in quotation marks uh, that were bearing down on the the embassy in in Baghdad. So it could have been a uh Iran thing again where the Iranian embassy or where the American embassy in Iran, Tehran, was taken over by a similar sort of thing. So yeah. he he has a history a long history of these covert shadow operations where Iran has its sort of, you know, its teeth in it. But it's not necessarily Iran, so it's like these like shadow affairs. Yeah. So there are little proxy armies, exactly. here and there. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you think of death squads being led by, you know, American generals in South America, that's kind of what that's like the Middle Eastern equivalent. So, I think it's. I don't know all the facts, but the the fact was is without that, without that action, and that opportunity. We might be looking at a stormed embassy and hostages in yeah. Iran. 13 anyway. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had squads up, wheels up at that embassy in 13 yeah. minutes. So Throwing just, shade at Benghazi. That's, who that knows? Was, it actually might have prevented World War III. Uh, you know, World War Three. Dude, there's not going to be a draft. No one, you know. There wouldn't be a draft, but. Yeah, our army is so superior <laughs> to everybody. Like, yeah, hey, don't be scared, yeah. man. It's a, if you want to like legitimately come, and let's say like another nine eleven happened, you you that's not just poking the bear. You like kick the bear in the nuts. We are the bear, Eisenberg. I am the danger. I am the one that knocks. That's what we. That's what we're. And I'm not saying that like the U.S. military. Like we've done some nefarious. Oh, yeah. We've had some nefarious activity of our own. For sure. At the end of the day, guys. But Iran is too. They've been, they've been fucking around too. They've been, Iran, Iraq, the Middle East has been fighting with each other since, fuck, like the beginning of time. The, <laughs> yeah, the since Shias zero. and yeah, the even Sunnis. Before, yeah. like, those are the holy lands. So complicated. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I will tell you, my vote. Like Oregon is always going to be a democratic state, regardless. Blue, yeah, regardless. If Trump like li literally wanted to uh, secure a one hundred percent victory, pull out of the Middle East by the people. And who wants to be in constant conflict in the Middle East? I don't know any of that. It's just I just watched. Dude, yeah, I just watched the movie Midway. Have you heard about that movie? Uh, no. It's about um. So the Battle of Midway during Pearl Harbor oh, times. Yeah. Pearl Harbor did. Yeah. It happened like with well, you mean days, World War II? Yeah, right after Pearl Harbor. <laughs> okay. And I'm watching this and it was a lot about the Navy. The Battle of Midway was a naval battle mm -hmm. with our um our pilots, the I Air know, Force I pilots. I know all about battle. Dude, like I love all that shit. I'm a history nut. Yeah. The good and bad, like 
just the madness of all the history back in back then. When you think it's about the crazy. claim to conquer, that's on everyone's list. Everyone wants to take control and yeah. And watching Midway, I'm like, dude, these guys in here, these are some hard fucking men, dude. The talking about the pilots, the just stuff, the pilots, like are the U.S. planes at that time were not as sophisticated as the as the Japanese no, we, we aircrafts. Had really crappy. Airplanes. They were ghetto as fuck. But we, our navy, our ships were like, yeah. Our ships, our carriers, those were the big boys. Mm -hmm. And then the Battle Midway, just so crazy. I can't imagine, like, dude, you're driving a Geo Metro in the air. <laughs> That's what that <laughs> thing is. And what were they flying? Uh, was it Dauntless Dive Bombers, potentially? But I know after that Battle of Midway, we we were able to get a lot of that. Better. That was like the pivotal, the pivotal moment. Yeah, in, like, in the Pacific. Yeah, there was a bunch of carrier aircrafts that we we fielded after that that definitely turned that would be so badass dude what just like live in that time or no 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 like <laughs> just being a badass pilot <laughs> like, scary shit dude it's People, so scary like i was just thinking a lot of pilots like i was super ripped when i was watching it so i was like like <laughs> i'm like this shit is intense dude yeah i can't even begin to fathom like the adrenaline and you just dropped a bomb on this air carrier you dropped from 4,000 elevation down to 1,500 elevate elevation. And then after you drop the bomb, you got to pull up hard. You know, like, you know, when you're driving and you like, you're at the top of a hill and then you bomb down the hill and your asshole comes out of your mouth. <laughs> Imagine doing that. You're dropping from 4,000 elevation at mock yeah. speed or whatever speed that they're going. Those planes didn't go mock speed, no. but still the elevation drop that they were doing. The G-Force. Oh my goodness, dude. It's going to look like the day after your bachelor party <laughs> inside that <laughs> cockpit. There's going to be four loco and twisted tea all over the windows. <laughs> hey, wingman, can you hear me? <laughs> I need you to come squeegee my windshield. That shit's crazy, man. It's even crazier is that a lot of those guys were volunteers. So young. Yeah. Well, yeah, young too. But I think that helps in a way. You form. You could just manipulate the mind. You're ignorant. Yeah, you're ignorant, I think, of a lot of stuff. And with manipulating the mind, I think that takes us into our conspiracy corner. Conspiracy corner. All right, guys. Whoa. A conspiracy corner for you right now. And then word of the week. Word of the week. And then we're going to shut this roadhouse party down because we're going to go do some real partying. Some good <laughs> Russian partying. Some, some cake stands. Old, old. We're going to do it all. these might get us nuts licked. <laughs> Hopefully we're looking for the best. On today's Conspiracy Corner, the topic is the Montauk Project. Montauk. So, the Montauk Project has just many layers to it, and you can't really tell the Montauk story without telling the Philadelphia Experiment. So, a lot of this... Which is pretty crazy in oh itself, my too. God. I, I don't know what to think about that. Montauk. Montauk. We know that MK Ultra was a real thing, but that's more believable. MK Ultra, yeah, it's it's because like to think. Okay, one, I think that Nikola Tesla might have been the smartest man alive. That, yeah. That's my own opinion. I think that Nikola Tesla is grossly underrated in the scientists. You think it's a Russian? No, maybe okay, bias well, you have? We, we know that <laughs> uh, America. We had a fancy draft of Nazi scientists after we smoked the Germans. Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip. Yeah. Bring in the smartest guys. 
Trying to at least. They, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you that they weren't smart because they were ahead of us on a lot of different projects. And like the Philadelphia experiment, it all started because they, uh, the Americans, we thought that the Germans were also working on this sort of technology. So you know, it's a rat race. Yeah, and so the Montauk Project. It's a conspiracy theory that alleges of secret U.S. government projects done at Camp Hero, also known as Montauk Air Force Station in New York. The purpose was to develop physiological warfare techniques and extensive research, including time travel. And here we are back with the time that, travelers. Did you just read the verbatim. Did you write down the Wikipedia? <laughs> no, I, no, I did. I did hella notes. Dude. I went through like three different sites. I was into it. I was balls awesome. deep. Dude. I really, I really. We, so we, we put in hard work for you guys, yeah. you listeners. And so. I think that that's what I want to do with conspiracy th- theory. And it, like conspiracy theories won't always be conspiracies. Like I would love to do the highlight on like George Washington or oh, a little bit more history. Lines. Like yeah, dude. I'm like I said, I'm a history nut, dude. Yeah, All this shit. Too. I got in a little Twitter beef with some uh, native chick, Native American chick on <laughs> on Twitter, Uh-oh. and she was trying to blame the white man for coming and completely just wrecking the infrastructure of the Native Americans, and I'm like. She said that the, we created genocide on the natives. And I'm not saying that the Americans didn't because we, we did terrible things. It wasn't all peaceful with the natives, like the Comanches. Oh, the, no, they're, they're warring nations. Oh, the Comanches were, ruled the plains, Bubba. Yeah, and Once the Apaches and the Blackfeet. And, dude, the Comanches went full avatar, you know, when they had to link their hair to those <laughs> dragons that they had to ride. That's what they did with horses. Once they got they? horses on the plains, wow. the Comanches, they created genocide on other native tribes. They completely yeah. wiped out tribes, abducted women. The sla- let's just say the slave trade was alive and well before yeah. the white man <laughs> yeah, got like, to... Everybody was a slave once upon a time. Everyone's ancestors, I'm sure you can track down, unless you're the Rothschilds yeah. or and something. That's, and that's not taking anything away from... The atrocities, yeah, the that, atrocities we created, that we created. Uh, yeah, exactly. Y'all seen Apocalypto, man. <laughs> like, that goes way deep, but... Wow, that is a deep reference. I need, I love I need that to rewatch movie. that Have movie. You watched? It's so I've good. seen it. It's but, so good. Yeah. I want to go to Mexico, and I want to go check out. So my wife, like, I don't really care about, like, hanging out at the resort and party. I want to go see, like, the Mayan temples. I really want to take a trip to yeah. Egypt. Did you... Okay, I know we're going off topic on this conspiracy theory a little bit, but did you see that that they say it was a nine thousand year old mummy that they formed his vocals and they? Oh, I, saw, I didn't read the article. I saw that though. The vocal just sounded like a computer. <laughs> it, no, it was like ah ah. It sounded like a oh wow. It sounded like that one that one Amanda that you banged and she was just a dead fish. Aw, aw, she never aw. moaned and it was like ah ah ah. Oh yes. <laughs> So I'm like, that doesn't sound like a pharaoh or a high Step priest. Brother. What are you guys doing digging out? You guys, have you guys ever seen the mummy? <laughs> like those guys come back to life. Come on, check yourselves. Yeah, that's sci- that's yeah, that's that's science already. Man, hey, science is crazy. Science is right. crazy. The Philadelphia experiment. Backtrack. This is an experiment preceding the uh, the Montauk project. The timelines jump around from like the 40s to the 80s. That, that was yeah. the time travel. It was like a 20 year uh, discrepancy. Okay, <laughs> that word works. So the Philadelphia, the Philly, that's what I'm calling it. The Philly right. experiment took place in 1943. The U.S. Navy teleported a Navy destroyer escort, the USS Eldridge, from Philly to Norfolk. I think Norfolk, Virginia. New Jersey, or Virginia. Virginia. With, that's where Norfolk. That's where Norfolk. Okay, is. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. 
So the Philadelphia experiment is said to have made the USS Eldridge invisible to the naked eye. They were working on a project that could hide the ship to radar in the process Mm -hmm. on a separate experiment. A lot of these projects or governmental experiments, they have experiments within the same experiment or a project within the experiment that they have a different name for it. So like Project Rainbow is essentially the same thing as the Philadelphia experiment. It's under the same program. So some of the seamen... Navy, you know, Navy soldiers not right. come. They were on the U.S. on the SS Andrew Furseth, Furseth, and they witnessed the ship spontaneously appear in the water in Norfolk on October 28th. The Navy was working on cloaking ships because they thought the Germans were working on it as well, like we said earlier. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Nazis. Who knows? The Nazis were fucking. If I'm gonna give any credit ever to the Nazis. They had a fucking team of some brilliant scientists. Sure did. And that's why Project Paperclip, that's why we had our fantasy draft of Nazi scientists. (laughs) With the Soviets, yeah. Yeah, with the Soviets. Damn Russians. (laughs) We had to split up. Good thing we got Von Braun and... We got Mr. Rocket. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The USS Eldridge reportedly became invisible before it teleported. This was said to be two different functions. So they were trying to cloak it from the radar, but then they managed to cloak it and invisible to the naked eye. Imagine witnessing that, you'd be like, especially at the time that like, there's no smartphones or anything back then. You're like, what? <laughs> that, that's insane to me. It's I I don't know. I don't know what to take for it. From when I was reading it, I was like, you really made this ship go invisible. From what I understand, it was due to like a high amount of energy, right? That they that they pulse through the ship, or you know. So, uh, I'm probably gonna jumble. You, you probably Tesla know coils, yeah. generators off other ships, and there were, uh, there were still people on board, right? When they when they did this, oh yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll get to what happened okay. to some of those people. Yeah, yeah. Once the USS Eldridge got to Norfolk, it was clear something wasn't right. Some of the seamen <laughs> <laughs> disappeared <laughs> during the trip. Others went mentally insane, and some kept becoming invisible, like kind of glitching. They'd go invisible and then flicker back <laughs> to normal. It's like a glitch in the Matrix. And I just watched the Matrix. Also, that's another movie I just watched. Uh, second time ever watching it. Really? Yeah, as I'm older now. Hey, great Film movie. Buff. Great movie. When I was younger, I thought it was, I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> as I'm older, I'm like, holy shit. That make, that's the simulation right there's the major simulation theory for sure some of the crew this is the really fucked up part about the philadelphia experience so some of the crew that was on the ship that when it became invisible and time traveled they were fused into the ship like into the wall half their bodies in it sticking outside the wall and half their bodies inside the wall and they're dead they died because yeah who the fuck is fused into a ship insane there was talk that Nikolai Tesla, Nikola Tesla was working on the Montauk project after he supposedly faked his death. But this project was run by John von Neumann. Von Neumann? Yeah, not American. He was a pioneer of the theory of quantum mechanics. He was also the lead man of the U.S. Manhattan Project, a.k.a. the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. And we dropped that sucker down on some heads. Von Neumann dealt with the technical aspects of the Philadelphia experiment. So it began on a large number of people headed to Brookhaven National Labs in Long Island. This was known as the Phoenix Project. So like a bunch of scientists, a bunch of crew members, everyone's going 
over to Long Island. The Institute of Advanced Studies was established in 1933 at Princeton University. This is where you could find Albert Einstein and John von Neumann. You have Albert Einstein, one of the most brilliant minds America has ever seen, working alongside the death machine von Neumann. Von dude, Neumann. the A-bomb. Hey, that's... Angel of death. That's the angel of death, dude. I want to name a bomb. How do we how do we sponsor the name a bomb? <laughs> that's ag- that's aggressive. Do you like a uh, Winnie D's petition.org, I think, probably. <laughs> hey guys, we need thirty thousand signatures to get to be allowed <laughs> and, and to then name Obama this. <laughs> will will address it and we'll get the next nuke named after us. Biggest hype man the the United States has ever seen. I missed that guy. The Institute of Advanced Studies is where the Invisibility Project was transferred to. In nineteen thirty six the project expanded and Nikola Tesla was named the group's director. Nikola Tesla, I think he is more prestigious than Albert Einstein. But when you have Einstein, von Neumann, and Tesla all working on this project, that's some aliens. That's like three Elons. So wait, how, how did Nikola Tesla come to be in this time period? He wasn't around. By that. supposedly faking his death. Okay. This is a <laughs> dude. Okay, hey, I didn't make this up, bro. I'm. I'm. This is my research. Okay, this is your research. With Tesla's genius, and like I said, I think Tesla was the smartest man in the world. To this day, I don't know who comes close to Tesla. He managed to get invisible before the end of the year. Research. <laughs> Nikola Tesla did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a genius, Him, bro. Himself. Yeah, himself. Okay, so he told was, von Neumann what to do. Told Albert, get your old geriatric ass. He like to sneak up on people and just be like, <laughs> boo. <laughs> they, they like, like oh my god he's just an electric current that walks around <laughs> research continued until 1940 when a full test was conducted at the brooklyn navy yard it was a small test without anyone on board of the ship that they were testing their ship received power from the generators that were on other ships connected by cables at that time another scientist by the name of townsend brown who was known for his practical ability to apply theoretical physics was added to the research team. He knew all about gravity and magnetic minds. And this dude, he invented a device that could trigger minds from 30 yards out. Okay. So I can't remember what that invention was called, but that was part of my research. Interesting. In the 1930s, a massive migration of scientists took place in America. This is when we were smuggling in the Nazi scientists and away from there, 20 miles away from Montauk, there was a submarine base. Okay. So who's to say that we weren't smuggling anyone in via submarine underwater? Who the hell is underwater to see? Nobody. I just read a book actually about the U-boat commander or like a, one of, it's like a personal diary from one of the, one of the U-boat telegraphists. One of the last missions he had was to transport a, uh, a, one of these scientists all the way to Tokyo and then the war ended as they were going on their way to Tokyo. This doctor, this scientist had all these microfilms that he was going to give to the, the Japanese, basically giving them the power to develop a rocket that would go across the Atlantic Ocean. Selling secrets. So yeah, there's, there's some secrets there. Many Jewish and Nazi scholars were smuggled into America. Possibly by submarine base that was in Connecticut, twenty Makes miles sense. away. That's what that's what how the that's how the Germans did it. Yeah. So 
I'd imagine hey, that we'd, we wouldn't be back far in behind. The, back in those days, I feel like a lot of this shit would be easier to accomplish without having spectators. Mm-hmm. This idea was influenced by Duncan Cameron Sr. His connections to espionage circles, espionage circles remains a mystery to this day. By 1941, Tesla had unlimited funds from the U.S. government for research <laughs> and experimentation. Tesla. Invisible Tesla. Invisible Tesla. Okay. Dead man Tesla. He asked for a warship, and on the deck, he placed several special coils, along with the famous Tesla coils, were also installed onto the ship. Tesla knew the mental state and physical bodies of the crew members would be severely affected during this experiment. Von Neumann did not share his ideas of time because he said that he had been contacted by intelligence from another planet through messages sent in form of specific signals when Mars was at a relatively closer distance from the Earth to the Earth than it is now. Okay. This happened in 1926 when they built a radio tower in the New York Laboratory Building. Mm-hmm. A secret group with huge financial resources and its ties to the military built a new research camp at Camp Hero, an abandoned U.S. Air Force station in Montauk, New York. <laughs> the Montauk Project. They chose this Camp Hero because they already had... And if you go to the Instagram, where we have a, I have a picture posted of this, <laughs> of the radio tower. It's still there, isn't yeah, it? Still yeah, still there. It had a huge radar antenna that put out frequencies of 400 to 425 megahertz. A frequency that coincided with that that was used to interact with the human mind from an earlier phase of the research that they had conducted of brain frequencies. Oh, I don't know. Do you remember uh, eye dozers? Remember that? Eye dozers? Yeah. No. Neural beats is what it's, I think it's called. Sounds like a lobotomy. So you like basically you put on your headphones and you listen to these like wow wow these waves and they're supposed to sync up your brain waves with that wave and then you can re- replicate like drugs certain drugs yeah so i wonder if that is anything that's it's related all peyote dude dmt you could take you could take some pe- peyote if i remember correctly if you like download the right file off of online idozers if you guys don't want to pay for drugs <laughs> I does. get an idozer make sure you use DuckDuckGo private browsing yes <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the 1960s, Camp Hero's reactivation was done without military funds. Until 1972, the Montauk Project was prepared to begin a massive research into the mental control of humans, animals, and other life forms on Earth. Aliens. Montauk (laughs) researchers worked on improving mental control techniques and exploring human potential. By developing physical capabilities in the staff, it came to be that a person's thoughts could be amplified with the help of devices that could create mental illusions that could be manifested subjectively and objectively. That, you, want to, you want to break that one down? Yeah, that's some. So being able to essentially like if you imagine something, you can make it come to life. Okay. That's in like um, telekinesis, all, all of that sorts. Sounds like The Secret. You ever, you ever seen that book? Is that the Oprah, Oprah book? Yeah. I think it is. Like, if you if you envision it, it will happen. Yeah. The universe is all about magnetism. Hey, I, I I follow that at, that uh, aspect to a certain point of no, I agree. Anything that's not physical, like you'll never become LeBron James, <laughs> yeah. no matter how hard you try, you'll never be LeBron. You can wish it all. You'll you never want. beat Lance Armstrong in a bike race. So that one's out. I the don't door. know. Give him some time. Oh man, to age, and then then you challenge him, Lance. You eighty year old fuck, <laughs> dude. This included the virtual creation 
of matter. And if you guys don't know matter, what matter is, go back to like seventh grade science. I don't know what to tell you. That's like where it's introduced to you. All this was completely new to the ordinary, the in quotes, ordinary human experience. With the discovery that human beings could create matter through mere thought, what could happen if the human subject created a book, not in the present, but in the past? This breaks so the law fuck, of, yeah. of, of physics. Or you Many. Can't. It breaks all the laws. That's why this is the most, uh, it's, it's wild. This is where the idea of distorting time appeared. After years of research, air quotes, time <laughs> gates, you know, star, you know, like Stargate. Have you seen the show? Yeah, uh, yeah. Essentially, so, those were created, yeah. The Montauk Project reopened a temporal vortex back in 1943 when the Philadelphia experiment was complete. Conspiracy theories about the Montauk Project have been going on since the 1980s. According to Jacques Vailly and an <laughs> astrophysicist and UFO researcher, Jacques. Montauk experiment stories began with the story of Preston Nichols. Nichols claimed to have recovered suppressed memories of his own involvement in Montauk. And he is said to believe, like Men in Black, that little pen that makes you mm-hmm. forget your memory, he has said that that was a real thing, essentially. But his memories were coming back to him. Whether <laughs> he was on the LSD, I don't know. Could the Philly be. experiment is directly correlated with the Montauk Project. Researchers who survived the experiment met between 1952 and 1953 to, to develop the electromagnetic shield used to make the USS Eldridge disappear both on radar and in reality. Initial proposals to Congress were rejected for funding on this project. Proposals, okay, yeah. Because it involved dangers that were like far too great for them to imagine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously. But these rule breakers passed Congress and went to the Department of Defense, maybe the military complex, and ensured the development of a weapon capable of triggering instantaneous psychotic symptoms. Conspiracy has it that the funding of the Montauk Project came from Nazi gold captured by American soldiers at the Swiss border. And if you guys haven't listened to our earlier episode, we did a thing on Nazi gold. Nazi gold funded a lot of black ops projects, I guess you could call them. So on August 12th, 1983 at Montauk, scientists worked on developing a time-traveling bridge that would take them to the original project in 1943. This was called Project Rainbow. All these projects have other projects within the project. If that makes sense. We, we said that at the beginning mm, of this. Yeah. The USS Eldridge was transported through time and two men, Al Bullock and Duncan Cameron, said they jumped off the ship while it was in hyperspace and arrived in Camp Hero in 1983. They swam to shore, so they jumped off. Like, you're time traveling, you jump off the boat. Like, you don't even know what's going to happen. The two men claimed to have met John Von Neumann when they met. So this was, they went, jumped from like 1943 to 1983, mm-hmm. and they claim to have known John Von Neumann, who died in 1957. The United States denies that John Newman worked on the Philadelphia experiment. Do we really believe what the government <laughs> always has to say? These are some of the claims that were made by the two survivors. A time portal was created that allowed scientists to travel anytime, anywhere. A tunnel of time was built and used to explore Mars and to visit the Martians who lived there a billion years ago. <laughs> Montauk military base remained in operation until the late 1980s. Since 2002, has been open to the public under the name of Camp Hero State Park. And the Montauk Project is related to Stranger Things and the Montauk Monster, how number 11 summoned that mm-hmm. monster out of the portal. They say that that happened and it just wrecked all the equipment, all the scientists, took out all the witnesses. How convenient. (laughs) 
And then Montauk was also, there's a lot of abductions that went on that time. And they called it the Montauk boys. And these were some of the boys who Duncan stated earlier in this conspiracy corner. He was said to have been one of the Montauk boys that got abducted and experimented on. And this is a wild one. That's so, the Montauk so project. Unpack. Yeah. So, I mean, take what you want from what we tell you. Most of my reference came from the matrix disclosure.com and they had multiple sources from many other sites that were all incorporated into this long research project. So <laughs> talk to them, <laughs> talk to them. But if you guys have any more information on the Montauk project, we'd love to hear it. Send uh, emails to roadhousemedia.com for if all. If you were abducted. Yeah, if you're abducted, you, know, you got probed in the ass or something. If you're from 1943. Yeah, from Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you found yourself here in 2019. And that's today's Roadhouse Conspiracy Corner. Conspiracy Corner! What a corner. That was pretty good. Well researched. All right. Let's, let's get to uh, Word of the Week. Word of the Week. Word of the week. All right. This one's a little bit directed towards a certain population of people living in these United States. That's a little hint. But the word is soaking. Soaking. Ooh, I like this. So soaking. What do you think that means, Rudy? I think soaking, you just, you know, your dick's a super soaker. Mm -hmm. And you give it a couple pumps, one, two, for most of you, mm -hmm. two pump chumps out there. You just soak, soak him, soak him or her to the gills. So it's outside. It's outside. Okay, it's outside. Close. It, 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 it involves a penis for sure, but it is a Mormon art form. And it's accepted by the Mormon Jack Mormon activity right here. Who's Jack Mormon? Jack Mormon are like the bad boys. Oh, the bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. My dad had a couple of Jack Mormons back. I grew up around tons of Mormons. <laughs> I got, they're all the nicest people that I've had. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all so nice. Great. And productive people. Winnie and I have talked about Mormons all the time. They are goobers. Like, <laughs> frick. Son of a beastie. Oh, <laughs> oh super soaker. Oh, psych. Oh. <laughs> like, they're, they're goobers. I love them. But the Jack Mormons, they just like to. Bend the rules a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, Utah's finest. So soaking in Mormon circles means to insert your penis into another Mormon's vagina and leave it there. Until they get married? <laughs> Until they get married. Sounds about right. No, no, no. I, it, it's, it's like a, it's a workaround for having sex in the Mormon church. You can't, you can't thrust in the oh. Mormon church, so... You, so you just go you from just, hard you, to flaccid. You put it in, you're like, oh, whoa, Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> Immediately pregnant, Mormons. Yeah, who knows? Probably one pump chumps, but that it's a workaround, and a, <sighs> lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people will do it, and it, it doesn't mean you've lost your virginity or you've had sex, apparently. And God still loves you. God still loves you. <laughs> and you're still getting in. You're still getting you're still in clean. past those privileges. You're still your own universe. Yeah, exactly. But you probably don't believe that. <laughs> so that's soaking. Today's Roadhouse soaking. Word of the Week. Challenge to you guys. Use that. You know, go out and do it with somebody. Yeah, send somebody us some gifts. Send, them, send us some images that best describe soaking. <laughs> and we will send you some stickers. That's right. Especially you Mormons out there in Utah. Yeah, all you Mormons. You guys need something to do. All right, guys. Thanks for showing up to the Roadhouse Party podcast. 
been real. It's been real. My favorite Winnie D's back in the house. We oh, will thanks, be man. back next Monday. I hope you guys are all hung over today and get through today because you got a long week ahead of you. Yeah, Pedialyte, yeah, Gatorade, cocaine. <laughs> no, if you want to just drag out that hangover, sure. All right, guys, attack the week. Don't sleep on your priorities. Get your shit done. Don't forget to subscribe to the Roadhouse Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're literally everywhere. So come join us. Join the Roadhouse Mafia. Subscribe to our shit. We love you and we greatly appreciate you guys for listening. This is the Roadhouse Podcast, the most natural, unapologetic podcast in the world. Yeah, we got some Russian dance moves to, to bust out. Yeah, we're going to do some cake stands right now. We'll get back to you. We'll <laughs> recap this Russian party. See you, boys. Peace. Later. Roadhouse Mafia. If I got a fight to get you in the gym, that's a problem. If you're lazy, man, I don't want to talk to you. I want to deal with you. Well, I don't think so. You can go over there. You start with, what do you want your game to be? What would make your game most unstoppable or hard to deal with? And now you work backwards from there. And you start building it one piece at a time, one move at a time, one counter at a time. It's a simple thing of math. If you want to be a great player, if you play every single day, two, three hours, every single day, over the course of a year, how much better are you getting? Most kids will play maybe, you know, an hour and a half, two days a week. Right. Put the math on that. It's not, it's, not going, it's not going to get it done. If I could work that hard every day, um, with the, being blessed with the physical tools that I have, what would my career be? And I made a promise to myself from that day that I was gonna work that hard every single day so that when I do retire, I have no regrets. And that was the most important thing for me is to leave no stone unturned, get better every single day. And if I live that way, then over time, you know, I'd have something that was beautiful. But that was my philosophy. It seems like a pretty simple one, but you know, if you live your life to just get better every single day, you do that for 20 years, I mean, what do you have? You can't shortchange yourself. Like, you're not, you're not cheating anybody but yourself. Right? I mean, you're tired. You're literally this far away from the line. Why would you not go that extra to touch the line? Obsessively training two, three hours every single day over a year, over two years. You're to accelerate. You make quantum leaps. Our job as teachers, as mentors, as inspirers, it's our responsibility to hold them accountable to those things. You always want to outwork your potential. 
know, as hard as you believe you can work, you can work harder than that. You know, a thousand makes a day in the summertime. You know, if we want to get to that elite level, we really have to put in the work day in and day out. 